Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carter's Classroom Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DKPittsburghSports.com. As you notice, uh, Dale and I aren't on a show together anymore. We are doing separate shows because Dale has complicated schedules. I have complicated schedules, so it's tough for us to continue meeting when we're both trying to do several different things uh, and tough to line up. So you can still get all of Dale Lolly on the Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm just going to be giving you a little bit of different stuff. Now, you guys know I love to look at film. I love to break down the context of why things work and why things don't work. So I'm doing an audio version of Carter's Classroom. It's my... it's the column that I've been going on for uh, for DK Pittsburgh Sports since I started way back in August of 2016. So I wanted to sort of give you an explanation. Now I understand you're probably thinking, well, Chris, you can't show film on you know on the uh, you know on an audio on a podcast. So I, I get that, but we're here to talk about you know you're going to hear me talk about things that you can look for when you're going back over Steelers games because I know if you're listening to this, you're you're a Steelers junkie. It's okay. It's all right to say it. Steelers Anonymous say, hey, I'm Chris, and I'm a Steelers junkie. Or you're a football junkie, and you're just sitting here thinking, man, I need, you know, what you know, what, what games should I be looking at? Or what what things should I be looking at to hope for things to be better? Or things to be worse? Or to be to be saying what we're going to be talking about in the NFL draft. We'll get to the NFL draft in a, in a, in a while. We'll, we've, we've got plenty of things to talk about before we start entering there. we got to see what the Steelers do in free agency. Dale talked about free agency in, uh, in, in his podcast for this weekend, but... Me, on the other hand, I'm going to be talking to you about what I, an extension of what I wrote about with Matt Canada, because that was my Carter's classroom this week was about how Matt Canada's issues revolved around, um, uh, revolved around you know not being able to you know establish any identity for the offense. That much you know, and there's a lot of Steelers fans who are upset that Matt Canada is still Steelers offensive coordinator and Mike Tomlin was saying he's optimistic about what Matt Canada can do and listen I I hear you it was frustrating I said as much on the Locked On Steelers podcast uh you know going go before the the I believe that that Monday that Tuesday before that happened I was like you know I wouldn't be mad at the Steelers for keeping him I wouldn't be mad at them for letting him go um because you you know right now you're reestablishing an identity you don't know who you're supposed to be on offense you know in 2020 they were a team that kind of made things work with the short passing game, but when it was taken away, Ben was in trouble. He didn't want to throw it on the middle of the field. He didn't want to throw it deep. Um, and when teams pounced on that, that became the problem, and the rest of the Steelers' offense struggled. This year, 
they knew that that was still going to be the issue, so they took away that. But they also wanted to say before that, let's take away Najee Harris, and it it proved to continue to be some some uh, some tough ordeals for uh, for the Steelers' passing offense and uh, and the whole offense. So why are the Steelers? Why is Mike Tomlin optimistic about Matt Canada? Well, let's look at again a few things that Matt Canada brings to the table that they're they're trying to be excited to see. The Steelers, for one, they are trying to have a guy be innovative, do something different that will change the direction of the offense and put the Steelers in a position where there's something that they do offensively that's new, that's different, that's going to press people the way that no one's seen the Steelers press people on offense. And that's part of what they're hoping to do in a time when they know they're not going to have a superstar quarterback. You know, And they knew it wasn't going to happen this year, but for those who are saying, well, why did they work with Ben Roethlisberger if they knew he couldn't run this system? It's because they were locked into his contract and they were doomed anyways. Um that's where I see the big struggle here for the for the for the Steelers that people are I think missing. Um the, the you know they were going to be stuck with Ben Roethlisberger and Ben Roethlisberger is a warrior, he is a fighter, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but this past year he was a liability for what the Steelers needed to needed to set up and try to do. Um a lot of what Matt Canada shown had shown throughout his career especially when he was at Pitt because that's the golden time when I think everyone's looking at it and saying man if they could just capture whatever they did there one Quadri Henderson is not walking through that door <laughs> that's just that he was a big key to what that team did as well as a, as a full act but I, I think forget about trying to replicate what Pitt did at Clemson but to get the kind of concept the idea that Matt Canada wants to capture you need to be able to scare guys scare defenses away from the line of scrimmage just a little bit not enough to say man the main threat's deep downfield but have a quarterback who can who, who can say hey you know what if you leave chase claypool in one-on-one coverage and he gets one step on his guy all i gotta do is lead him down the field and he's gonna he's gonna be able to get it because there's no guy there and i know some people are gonna say well he's just gonna fall fall down and da 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 listen a big part of the problem with that is that Chase Claypool always knew he had to go up and win a jump ball that was thrown behind him when you look at it. Look at how many times this year he got a step on a guy and the ball was not leading him down the field. That's been, That was a huge part of the problem. Now, that's a huge part of Chase Claypool's game. You know, I still think that they could have served themselves a lot better by having him run some slants, catch balls over the middle, and then use his speed to, to pick up and be, be tough to tackle in open space. But still, with his speed, you want to get that guy on the outside. You want him to just be able to, hey, I'm beating this guy with one step. Throw it up, and if if you hit it, we're go we're going deep. You know, and those are things you don't need an elite quarterback to do. All you got to do is say, hey, if if they're committing to one high safety and the, and the safety's not rotating over here to help, just throw me the bomb. And it's those type of things that will get you more situations that you could take advantage of. But here's the thing with that. The Chiefs kind of knew that in the playoff game. They played two high safeties again. Deontay Johnson talked about going into that game. They said, they said man, they switched things up on us because they played two high safeties when we didn't think that they would. And they took away those plays that the Steelers like to do because they, they want to take those shots. They just didn't hit on many of them this year. But when you look at Ben's numbers, and I posted this in my Carter's Classroom article, He had a 77.2 passer rating with targeting outside the numbers, or outside the, the hashes, excuse me. 
That means if I'm a cornerback on the sideline, I'm not too worried about what this man's trying to throw my way. I'm not too worried about an out route. I'm not too worried about, you know, about about a, about a deep pattern, a fly pattern down that sideline. I mean, heck, you look at his numbers, Ben Roethlisberger on the year, he tried what was it? 50 52. No, uh yeah, 52 passes. He tried 52 passes e either deep down the right sideline or deep down the left sideline. Of those 52 passes, 14 were complete for 500 yards. And there were two touchdowns and three interceptions. As a defense, why are you why why would you be scared of that? And I think this is where Mike Tomlin says he's optimistic for what Matt Canada can do. Because he just wants a guy who has the arm strength to get it down there. And listen, if this was Ben of old. Heck, this was Ben of four years ago. He's launching that puppy, and th th this offense is a lot different. You know, for back in the day, for all the Mike Wallace being a one-trick pony, that, that that's a pretty heck of a trick to be just able to fly down the field and take a defense, the top of a defense off, and it forces them to honor that, which opens up more things underneath. And then those shallow crosses look a little bit more open because they're not packing that part of the field. Those are the things that Matt Canada wanted to be able to do. He also it really would help his, his scheme and the, the concepts that he likes to run to have a mobile quarterback. And let me clarify, and Dale and I have talked about this a million times, when, this, when Mike Tomlin or the Steelers or people are talking about mobile quarterbacks, they're not talking about the Lamar Jacksons. They're not even talking about the Josh Allens. They're just talking about a guy who can maneuver around the pocket, and if the defense is not in front of you, you can take off and get 10 yards, no problem. Heck, you saw it against the Chiefs the first time. But Mason Rudolph went in at the end of the game. There was a play where the Chiefs should have had him sacked. He broke loose, and they had no contain because they've, you know, the Chiefs sets for that game. They know Ben can't run, so they didn't practice all week, you know, to, to contain the quarterback. And he sprinted, he like ran 25 yards. That's what. That's what the Steelers need is just a guy who could take that but also hit the deep ball. And, of course, not turn the ball over. Mike Tomlin talked a lot this season, during it, before it, and a little bit after it, about mobile quarterbacks being the path in the NFL. I want to talk more about how that plays into Matt Canada's future and if he can redeem himself from a terrible 2021 season. Right here on the Carter's Classroom Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We'll be right back in just a minute. Back here on the Carter's Classroom Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, keeping it rolling for you on DKPittsburghSports.com and our podcast platform. Remember, you get all of our podcasts, whether it's Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pitt, Penn State, whatever, all of them for free on the DKPittsburghSports.com podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever, check them out, they're awesome. Now again, we're talking about Matt Canada, we're talking about what could actually save Matt Canada. Because frankly, a, a failed offensive coordinatorship in the NFL would not be a good sign for the man's future. He might get a shot against somewhere else, but it might mean that he might just need to go back down to 
college football. But we also know that if he could turn things around, it could mean a different path for him. He's bounced around a lot in the past several years, rarely sticking with a team for more than a couple seasons. And I'm sure Steelers fans want to see that continue. They want to get rid of him because of how bad this season was. But here's what I'll say, Steelers fans, is that I I don't put everything all on the coaches when things go wrong. There's certain things I put on the coaches where I'm like, hey, this, this, this was not a good plan. Like on the H2P podcast, you're going to hear tomorrow, you're going to hear me. Well, they haven't played the, the, the Saturday game against Clemson yet. But uh, one of my criticisms for Jeff Capel was, you know, when they were in the last 10 minutes of their basketball game, uh, they were close. It was a, They ended up losing by five. But they did. They only got John Hughley, their best player at the center, the ball one time in the last 10 minutes. That's just not acceptable. Football-wise, a lot of the coaching things comes out with, you know, like, hey, did you did you try did you try this did you get you know how many times were were guys open how many times did you get this well, you know when you when you put guys in situations where they in a position where they could reasonably succeed what were the what were the keys in those situations what did you come in with the game plan to try to do and i think one thing that people overlook when they look at the steelers is that the reason why they're why 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 Mike Tomlin doesn't have a losing season, why they're always in this position where they're not going to be drafting super highs, because they do that part. Most seasons and most games, they come in with a game plan that is specifically designed to take on the team that they're facing. And there's times that that game plan is wrong. There's times that it's off, just like there's times that everyone's off. But more often than not, that team is focused and, and has has something to, has something to key in on, and it's a reasonable key to reach. But where, where the Steelers have lacked is that I think that their strongest players that they've had to rely upon have faltered in, over the past several years. And some of, sometimes it's just old age. You're the high, you know, but it, that that's what comes with when you pay a when you pay a guy to stick around because you want to get you want to get just some more years out of him, like Marquise Pouncey when he snapped the ball over Ben's head in the Browns game. That's the kind of stuff that happens. And now Ben Roethlisberger, again, you couldn't escape his contract. And so you're limited to what he can do. And, you know, you could drop a game plan, but if if Ben Roethlisberger is still not living up to that part of it, and that was part of what I broke down in my Carter's Classroom piece, was that it, it's not just about Canada. I mean, he calls up good plays, plays where there's guys open over the middle of the field on the sideline, and Ben just couldn't hit them. And when he can't hit those, what, what team's going to fear a screen pass? What team's gonna fear? They're like, you know what? Let's just sit on the screen pass because we're, you know, we're we're we're, we're we know that that's what you want. We know that's the easy yards you want to get, but we're not gonna be worried about the guys behind you because nobody. Even if we, even if unless a guy's running, you know, unless Chase Claypool is doing jumping jacks at the 20, you know twenty yards downfield with no one around, and Ben Roethlisberger is probably not gonna get it there. And if he tries to go there, it's gonna it's gonna have a lot of air under, it and we can react. But again, that's where Matt Canada, I think, deserves at least one more shot to see what he can do. And this is going to be a, ref- a reformation. This is going to be uh, th- this is going to be a huge project to reform what this Steelers offense is going to be about. I-, I truly think that this is going to be about the offensive line. They need to do whatever they can to get a primo center. If it's Tyler Lindenbaum, it's Tyler Lindenbaum. 
They need to do whatever they can to get a, a free agent to offensive tackle. If it's Teron Armstead, great. Go get one of those guys. And they should get another depth piece for the offensive line. Now, maybe they, they maybe they keep Zach Banner because they they, they, they think he's going to be healthy next year. Maybe they re-sign Chooks. But I think next year you go in with at least knowing Kevin Dotson and Dan Moore Jr. And I do think Dan Moore Jr. has earned a chance to at least come into camp fighting for his starting spot and doesn't need to be immediately replaced. You still keep a Joel Haig around or someone that can back him up at left tackle. But I think you need some strong, run-power, run-blocking dudes that can pull and hit in space. And maybe Kendrick Green's part of that plan. Maybe he turns into the right guard that, that you always needed. But he needs to show that he can keep his head in the game. And if Matt Canada can get a group, again, Marcus Gilbert to me was one of the most undervalued Steelers of the 2010s because when he was in, and Dale Lally used to write stories about this, and I know because he would always tell me when it was happening, he's like, the Steelers are such and such record when Marcus Gilbert started with Le'Veon Bell because the two of them together, they were just really hard to stop. But the Steelers need a bully at right tackle. And I said this about Chikuma Korafor the night the Steelers drafted him. He's like, he's got really good footwork, he's got really good hands, but he's not mean enough. He's not a bully. He doesn't crush people. And that's what you need at right tackle if you want to run the ball effectively. And that's what I thought Zach Banner was. And I thought Zach Banner should have gotten a shot this year, but I, I guess he wasn't healthy enough according to Steelers doctors. I don't know what that was about. I know that he wanted to play, but they weren't giving him the shot. No, what I think is going to... It, what needs to happen with Matt Canada is that if he's gonna if he's gonna make it this 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 offense next year, and I've said this a million times, I think their path to getting a new quarterback is keep Mason around, keep Dwayne around. If a guy falls to you at even the first, second, or third rounds that you think is decent enough and worth that pick, take take that quarterback with that pick, and still sign a veteran. You so that way you go into training camp. You got Haskins, you got Rudolph, you got a rookie, you got a vet a vet journeyman that's in the league. What you put all that, that's four eggs in the basket, pick one out, see what's best. And it might come down to, you know, can you hit the deep ball? Can you just not turn the ball over? Can you use your mobility as a weapon to force defenses to think, to say, okay, we have to, when we defend the RPO, we have to watch Najee and this guy's feet, and then we have to watch for the pass. That's when you start putting defenses into their hesitation. That's when they have to start thinking too much. And when they start thinking too much, they start making mistakes, and that gives you opportunities to assert control of the moment. Make the play. Beat them to the spot. The Steelers couldn't make too many people think offensively in 2021. And again, it wasn't as, as much about creativity. It was just legitimate uh, limitations. But I tell you this now, if Matt Canada doesn't find a way to establish an identity with the group that the Steelers are about to give him, and I say this prematurely because we don't know what the Steelers are going to give him, but we've never seen them with the salary cap money they're about to have. They have $41 million officially right now. When Ben Roethlisberger retires, that'll jump up close to $50 million When uh, and then they'll probably they can make some cuts, they can make some some restructures, all that'll happen. They'll probably be upwards of $60 million. Best believe, I'd say at least $30 million of that is going to go on the offensive line. Whether it's a superstar, guard, or tackle, whether it's going to be multiple pieces to fix things up, there's going to be some serious money put into that offensive line. And when that happens, and you get the run game going, and you get a quarterback who can just hit the deep shot a couple times, you're going to see this offense actually be better than it was in 2021. But if it isn't, 
And if Matt Canada can't translate that to success, then you'll see him out. But the Steelers want to actually give him a shot and not send the message, hey, we just hung this guy out to dry because we knew he was going to have an aged quarterback with with no arm left and a, and a bad offensive line and basically just a running back and a tight end who were playing well. That's the wrong message you want to send to offensive coordinators who want to take a job in, in the NFL. Because you couldn't make that group work, you're fired. So I'm all for giving him another chance, but... His main objective needs to be establishing the identity of an offense. It's going to be up to Kevin Colbert to get him the tools to do that. We'll see if we'll see if that happens this offseason. To learn more about that, listen to Dale Lolly's version of the podcast. He's talking free agents and the steel, what the Steelers can do. I'm Chris Carter here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Hear me tomorrow on the H2P podcast right here in the same location. <laughs>